0: Welcome to this podcast from the GSK Lupus Educators Network. The Lupus Educators Network is a collaboration between GSK and a number of expert rheumatologists and nephrologists to discuss current opinions and experiences on some of the major topics and challenges of lupus care. This is a non-promotional disease education podcast intended for healthcare professionals only. This podcast represents the opinions and experiences of the speaker and may not represent the views of GSK. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Rheumatologist Dr. Michelle Petrie, Director of the Hopkins Lupus Center at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, who will highlight why EGFR slope may be a more appropriate surrogate marker than protonuria for renal damage accrual in lupus nephritis. Dr. Petrie is a consultant for the GSK Lupus Educators Network. Hello, my name is Michelle Petrie. I run the Hopkins Lupus Center at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. My topic today is how does complete renal response correlate with renal damage accrual in lupus nephritis? Lupus nephritis is not rare. Although we think it happens mostly in the first five years of lupus, our longitudinal data show that it continues to accrue 60% of my African-American patients have lupus nephritis, and about 30% of my Caucasian patients. It has a major impact. It's an independent risk factor for mortality. It is a risk factor for later cardiovascular events. And Dr. Ram Singh at the ACR Plenary Session in 2021 presented nationwide data that deaths from lupus nephritis had increased in the five years prior to the pandemic. We need two different goals in treating lupus nephritis. The first is obviously to reduce the inflammation, the activity. But at the same time, we want to reduce fibrosis, because our ultimate goal has to be to prevent kidney failure. Now, we really oversimplified this by thinking that tracking proteinuria was going to be our way of knowing we had reached both goals, and our goal was a complete renal response, meaning that we got the proteinuria to 500 milligrams or less and kept it there. Now, perhaps we haven't been strict enough with the proteinuria goal, so in the 10-year follow-up from a lupus nephritis trial, nearly all patients who didn't respond at 10 years were on dialysis. The patients that had a partial response, though, still the majority were on dialysis in 10 years. In order to be dialysis-free at 10 years, you had to have a close-to-remission response. So what can we do in the future? Well, I'm going to now discuss why we may need to have a different outcome in terms of watching over prevention of fibrosis. So first, let's go back to proteinuria. Remember, our goal in showing that we've reduced activity is to get the proteinuria below 500 milligrams. But nephrologists have shown by protocol renal biopsies that about one-third of the time we're going to be misled. The proteinuria will be under control, but there will still be renal activity. And in fact, if the NIH activity index is two or higher and we taper the medication, the patient's going to have a renal flare. But here's a real shocker. When we have a patient who's met the proteinuria goal, one-third of those patients are losing GFR. Now, we have a problem in our randomized clinical trials. They don't last long enough to have the outcome be renal failure. GFR slow may be not just an appropriate, but a valid surrogate endpoint in chronic kidney diseases. At Hopkins, over the years, patients really cluster in two obvious groups, the group that has protected their GFR and the group that has obviously lost it, though we don't always pick this up in the first year, do we? We have to follow the patients for some time to recognize that we're not doing what we needed to do to protect the GFR. And remember what's very alarming is that a third of those met the proteinuria goal. So how can we do better? Well, of course, nephrologists have argued correctly that we should be doing more biopsies because, you know, we only do a biopsy in a patient who's doing poorly. We don't do them frequently. We know that the process in the kidneys is dynamic. Of course, we know it changes over time, because so often when we do a repeat kidney biopsy, the ISN class has changed. But the most important purpose of the repeat kidney biopsy is to determine the NIH activity and NIH chronicity indices. Now, could we do more biopsies safely? Yes, we do know the patients who are at greatest risk for a hematoma, and those are patients with low platelets. Of course, the patients who are anticoagulated. The patients who have hypertension, and yes, the patients with uremia. Now, I think that the way forward is going to have to be non-invasive ways of ascertaining in real time what is happening in the kidney. And because of the Accelerated Medicines Partnership, or AMP, Andrea Fava and our group have been able to find urine proteome markers that highly correlate with the NIH activity index, and one of them, interleukin-16, is really an astoundingly new finding, and it does not correlate with proteinuria. Because obviously, if the marker correlates with proteinuria, proteinuria might be a simpler and easier and cheaper way to monitor. But interleukin-16 has this potential of giving us information even before the patient has proteinuria. So obviously, more is needed to be done. But I can envision that there would be a panel of urine proteomarkers markers for activity. And hopefully, someday, we can come up with a similar panel for chronicity that we could check every three months so we could keep changing our therapy, tailoring it to what's actually happening in the kidneys. Remember, right now, if we just depend on proteinuria, we're going to be wrong one-third of the time in our decisions. We know our patients aren't doing well with our current armamentarium. At Hopkins, if the patient has developed nephritis in the first year of their lupus, Within 20 years, 20% are in end-stage kidney disease, and this is my pulling out all the stops, doing everything that we can do in academic medicine. We know the highest risk people are men, African Americans, those diagnosed as children, and of all of our serologic markers, low C3 is the strongest predictor. So to summarize where we've been on this topic, lupus nephritis is a severe manifestation of lupus. Remember, an independent risk factor of mortality and of cardiovascular events, and actually a very common manifestation to the point that I would recommend that you check the urine protein to creatinine ratio at every single visit. Secondly, right now, our standard is to watch the urine protein-creatinine ratio, aiming to always keep it below 500. But we know now that one-third of the time it's going to mislead us. But in addition, patients may appear to have had a proteinuric response, and yet they're continuing to lose GFR. So for future in clinical trials and in longitudinal studies, GFR slope may be not just an appropriate but a valid surrogate endpoint because obviously we cannot wait for patients to go into renal failure. And we may in the near future be picking therapies based not just on what they do for renal activity, but also what they're able to accomplish in protecting the GFR. Thank you for your attention.